Our reading today comes from Ephesians 2, 4-10. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So far our text. Dear fellow redeemed, there's a term that's been used over the last few months that certainly strikes a blow to the ego, for better or worse, and that term is essential worker. We can properly understand what is meant by these two words. According to the CDC, it says, essential service workers may include health care workers, public health workers, first responder organizations, and employees of public utilities, sanitation, transportation, and food and medicine supply chain companies. Still, some may have taken offense to find out that their work and their contribution to society was less than essential during the current pandemic. Though this pandemic has affected many people the world over, we recognize as Christians that there is another pandemic that has affected all people since the beginning of time. When it comes to that pandemic, you are far from non-essential, but rather because of Christ, you are now an essential worker. Paul was speaking of that other pandemic when he wrote his letter to the Ephesians. He reminded them in the beginning of chapter 2 that God made them alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. He writes about a few contrasts in the beginning verses. On the one hand, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We walked according to the course of the world and according to the prince of the power of the air. We conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind. We were, by nature, children of wrath. No words are minced in the first three verses of chapter 2. That total depravity of man is seen from the get-go. There is no good in any of us. But then the contrasts go on, and we look to the other hand, and we see that God has done a lot for us. He has done everything for us. He was rich in mercy. He had great love for us when we were completely dead and that trespass and sin. Moreover, he made us alive and raised us up together with Christ. The thesis statement is clear. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You see, man might attempt to make rational arguments that they can save themselves or play a part, but they only contribute to the most non-essential work of all, and their work does absolutely nothing. We're told that we are the workmanship of God and that we are created for good works. And though we are saved by grace through faith, that does not mean that we will not just wait it out until the final judgment. On the contrary, that's the last thing we should want to do. If we look to James in his epistle, he wrote, Whereas the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. We are brought to God 
by his work. And we do good works out of love that comes from that faith. To borrow from a fellow student of the word, our faith is never stagnant, but it moves forward or backward. And to quote James once more, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Again, we recognize that it is grace through faith that we are saved. It is no work of our own. That most essential worker and the most essential worker to ever walk the earth was God made man in Christ Jesus. He was the one promised in the Garden of Eden when sin did enter the world. It was by him that the sins of the world were atoned for, and it is by him that we are saved. The sacrifices of old look forward to that ultimate sacrifice he made on Good Friday that covered our sins with his precious blood. Our sins were as scarlet, but because of Christ, God now sees us as white as snow. These earthly bodies, they might have their imperfections, but they are temporary. On the other hand, God's love is forever, and it is seen clearly on the cross and in the empty tomb. His love is perfect and complete. The work of salvation was essential, and Jesus alone could do the work. Our good works are a result of that salvation. We are told that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. This is no contrast to the message of grace. The pandemic of sin still affects the world. But because of Christ, you are now an essential worker in the kingdom. You are called in your lives to do good works, to glorify God and witness of his grace and mercy. The world is lost in darkness and sin, and as an essential worker, you have the tools from the Holy Spirit to share with the people that there is indeed a cure to the sinfulness. Whether you are a student or a teacher, a child or a parent, employee or employer, layman or pastor, because of Christ you are an essential worker. Your work is a witness to the world that Christ is the Savior of all. And what great love it is that you can share. God, who was and is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. It is by grace that you have been saved. Amen. The hymn selected for this morning's chapel is hymn 412 from the Lutheran hymnal. May we the precepts, Lord, fulfill, and to unearth our Father's will, as angels do above, still walk in Christ the living way, with all thy children and obey. Oh, 
Christian fellowship to 